the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi there, it's Pat and Stu, and uh, you know, Jeffy, or whatever they call it uh, these days. Great to see you, Jeffy. You always bring a smile to my face, and I'm glad to see you today. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, wow. Stu. That was beautiful, you. Stu. You know, he's, he's basically a joy, basically. Mm. There's obviously other arguments for what he is. <laughs> um, hmm. Really? Basically, he's a joy. I don't know that I've ever heard the other arguments. Uh, oh, really? In his case. Huh. Must be pretty rare when anybody says a disparaging word about Jeffy. Mm. So, that's mm. nice. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah, it must be. <laughs> All right, by now you probably know about the uh, absolutely asinine ESPN thing. I mean, this is I mean, one of the dumbest things of all time. Just dumb. Right? ES I mean, ESPN is legitimately going to put the onion out of business. Right, because there's. I, I will say, I was watching this develop last night on 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 the Twitter, and it looked like an onion story. People it sure really, did. honestly did. People legitimately were afraid to comment mm -hmm. on it because they thought it was a, a, a hoax. Jeez. Again, if you don't know the story, Robert Lee, an Asian broadcaster, um, was uh, pulled off a game in Virginia because he has the same name as Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. That is, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. That's the actual story. It's incredible to, I mean, it's incredible to think about. The idea that, be, I mean, think about this. People were pointing out, Bob Lee, mm -hmm. who is the, one of the biggest guys at ESPN, been there forever. His last name is spelled L-E-Y. But, I mean, he is Robert Lee, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Lee, that he's Robert mm -hmm. Lee. Um, all of the... It, the, the idea that anyone named Robert Lee now is an enemy to, um, I guess, racial relations? I, I don't know what the argument could even be here. It's so completely absurd. Can I suggest concentration camps for <laughs> could. the, for the Lees of this know. country? All, All Lees? The Lees of this country go directly to a concentration camp. What about camp? Lee jeans? Do those still exist? Do Lee they must be burned to the ground. The entire factory, all of their outlets, everything. Henry Lee, the famous forensic scientist. Also put behind bars. He doesn't have to go to a concentration. Because his name's not Robert. But we're going to put, right, we're going to put him behind what bars. What about all Roberts? Do we have to do this with all Roberts? Do they go by Bob or Robert? 
I think it's it's kind of like the. Uh, if you Islamic start putting e- them in jail, they're going to be going by Bob. Right. I think it's. I think you go with the Islamic extremist approach and say, either convert to Bob or, or go to concentration. Or go to concentration. Or die. Or die. There's got to be the dying. There's option. always a third choice. You yeah. can pay a tax, a Robert tax, maybe. Right. Uh, I might be. We'll get this to sorted out, though. We will. Yeah. This Thank guy, you, ESPN. There is a policy here. Um, now, there, listen to this. I love this statement from them. And the one thing that we have not heard about or from yet is Robert Lee. Now, Robert Lee could take very, there's various things Robert Lee could have done in the situation. Mm-hmm. The actual broadcaster uh, who got pulled off this game. Number he one, seems to have handled it really well, right? Well, I, I haven't anything. seen anything right. from it. said anything. So there's a few ways I think, feel like this could go. One, Robert Lee is scared for his job, is annoyed at the situation, but is not going to say anything because he likes his job and wants to keep it. Yeah. Totally understandable. Yep. Number two, Robert Lee was like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with any controversy. Yes, absolutely pull me off of this game. I'll go steal another game. No very possible. Care. Very possible. And that might be why we haven't heard from him yet. He actually isn't pissed off about this. Maybe. He's like, you know what? I don't want to go in it. Because I think you, it's possible, right? And no, we haven't talked about this side of it yet. But it's possible that if Robert Lee went to the Virginia game in the middle of the, all of this, or you know, a few weeks after it, you could have had people saying, do you believe they sent a guy named Robert Lee Absolutely. a couple weeks after they've almost burned the city down? Yeah. Like, you would have had the same BS reaction from some people on Twitter, for sure, um, that, you know, and, and people would have mocked them and said, come on, Robert Lee, he's not, not the same guy. He's, he's got the same name. He's an Asian guy. It's, he's, not even a, he's not even a Caucasian male, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what your definition of that is. So... Uh, okay, fine. You know, you can maybe say, you know what, well, let's not deal with the hassle. I would actually rather go p- do the BYU game anyway, <laughs> so let me go do that, right? It could have easily been that. The other thing is... And that would be completely understandable. Yes, because, completely. Except that's not the game he's going to do. But Obviously, you want to you do right. the BYU game over Virginia. Yes. What, what was he Come doing? Do you yeah, know? He's, yeah, he's going to, uh, I think, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, I mean, he may have just said, I, you know what, I don't want to be in the young, middle of that place anyway. Yeah, I don't mean, like, care I've got all. friends in, in, mm-hmm. in uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Young, young town in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, could have been a whatever. very innocuous... Good chance to uh, go to Primati Brothers. You know? So... That so it might have been completely acceptable. That's one of those things where if you never had one of those sandwiches, um, oh, the idea of putting French fries on a sandwich is a really good idea. It is. It really is a good idea, and you don't necessarily understand it until you take part. The egg, and, oh. you know, all the stuff they put on that. It just, oh my gosh! If they also put coleslaw. If on you sandwich, want, yeah. if you want, and and I will say, mm-hmm. I would not. I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself a huge fan of coleslaw. Me neither. Uh, but on that sandwich, man, it's really good. good. Really Works. Good. Yeah. Um, so that commercial for Bramante Brothers uh, <laughs> aside, um, I, the other thing is, I think the third option, which is I think most likely, he's talk. He's told, don't, uh, don't, don't say anything. We're pulling you off this game. Your name's the same. I know it's. Look, I know it's not your fault or anything, but we're pulling you off. We don't want any controversy. They pull him off. He's annoyed about it. He isn't going to speak up for himself and, and come out to the media, but he leaks it to this reporter that wound up bringing it to our attention. And, and I, I now think, he's setting up a lawsuit, yeah, which also may be true. It also may be true. I, I, it's, it's possible he's actually legitimately pissed off about this, but you know had no other recourse, he felt, other than just to leak it to the media. And now yeah. ESPN's getting the beating it deserves. Here's their statement. Uh, this is the statement from uh, ESPN about moving Robert Lee from Virginia's game. We collectively made the decision. So they're putting some of this on him, right? Yeah. We collectively made the decision with Robert to switch games as the tragic events in Charlottesville were unfolding, simply because of the coincidence of his name. <laughs> they actually I are mean, admitting that to, is the case. To ca- say this with a straight face it's incredible. Is, 
It's incomprehensible. Um, in that moment, it felt right to all parties. Again, they're pushing this on to him. Yep. They're trying to give him uh, Hey, ownership. look, he was for this, too. And I do think that that's a possibility. He Work. may have felt, you know what, he, didn't, he wanted to go, ESPN comes to you, mm. you're an announcer. They say, look, your name's Robert Lee. We know it's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, we don't want any controversy. Would you mind doing a different game? Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, put, put, put me on another game. I, I, I want to be a good employee. I want to be a good soldier. Uh, and soldier in this context, very dangerous language. But mm-hmm. want to be a good soldier, I, you know, absolutely I'll just do another game. And then it came out somehow and they're getting beat up about it. But they're trying to say that they want you to believe that's what's, hap- what's happening here, for sure. <laughs> uh, they finish up the statement with, it's a shame that, th- that this is even a topic of conversation and we regret that ca- calls... Um, who calls play-by-play football games has become an issue. It's become an issue because you moved a guy who's Asian named Robert Lee from the game. This is not an issue of, like, society. This is an ESPN issue that you caused completely. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the racism issue in Charlottesville is completely unrelated with your dumb decision to move this guy off this game. There's, a, there's a great... A great tweet with uh, both pictures, Robert E. Lee and Robert Lee side by side. <laughs> Yo, ESPN, I think viewers will know the difference. <laughs> yeah, I, someone started a, uh, Very funny. A, a, a Twitter account, Robert E. Lee, and it was uh, his bio was um, <laughs> NCAA football announcer on ESPN, also former Confederate general. <laughs> like, no, 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 he's just the football announcer. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely absurd. And, and ESPN... <laughs> You know, is. They are the worst at this. Yes. They are the worst. I mean, chink in the armor, this, again, is actually worse than chink in the armor. But chink in the armor, uh, that whole controversy from a couple years ago, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Worse than that, I think, was uh, the time that uh, they fired a tennis announcer um, because he said guerrilla warfare. Oh, yeah. um, A word G-U-E-R. Not G O R gorilla. Um, when it was uh, Venus Williams, I believe, was on the court. Yep. Um, and she said, "Oh, they're using a guerrilla warfare tactic." And pe- because dumb people on the internet didn't know the word he used, they fired him. So that actually is worse than this, I think, because this one is at least mm. they didn't fire the guy; they just moved him to another place, and we don't know if he agreed with it or not. At some point, we're, I assume we get that answer. We'll see. Um, but that is—I mean—it's insultingly stupid. Insultingly stupid, and I, you know. I, As Glenn said on radio, though, they've got us by the, you know, giblets. Because if you love football, I'm not, I'm not going to stop watching BYU. No. BYU has a long-term deal with ESPN. It's the only way I can see almost all of their games. And I'm not, you know, what am I? I'm really going to stop watching them. Well, it also is going to no, hurt, obviously, BYU, right? If people do this in other yes, places, it will. Yes, it would. Of, obviously, a lot of employees yeah, there that don't uh, agree with it. And I will say, 60% of the revenue that comes into ESPN comes from subscription cost. So that's just you uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 having a cable yeah, subscription. Just having a cable, right? So it, whether you watch it or not, you're affecting very little of the revenue unless you start dropping cable completely. And and you know, ESPN is known for their ridiculously high subscriber rates to. Um, to uh, cable. So even if you never turn on ESPN, if you have cable, if you have satellite, you're giving them money. And you're giving them 60% of their revenue. This is not a small slice do you, here. Do you remember the ah, the the, uh, the rate ESPN gets for... Yeah, it's like $7 a, it's a subscriber. $7 bucks a subscriber. The next closest, I think, is a $1.15 or something. I thought it was $2. $2, $2 something like somewhere. That. I don't know. It's, it's not a lot. 
they make like two to three times, three times as much as the next closest competitor. Yeah. So they're paid a lot through subscription. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's a, tough, a it's a difficult line to draw, and I think you know, look, there, you know, there are stances to make, and, and I know Glenn was really passionate today about about you know going down the road of of, of sort of widening, I would say, the scope of. Of uh, you know he's annoyed with ESPN. Well, ESPN's owned by ABC, owned by Disney, uh, and you know maybe we should get rid of all of that. Um, you know I you know as I'm very well on the record here of being a hundred percent anti boycott, but I mean it's a problem with the society. Like it's tough mm-hmm. to target who you want to target. Mm-hmm. You know because you wind up going down these roads and it's a very difficult thing to be consistent on. As Glenn kind of pointed out, the left out, doesn't you know, care. You go as far as you can. Right? Well, and the left doesn't. Care. When, when the left does this, when they boycott somebody, they don't care. They don't care about the actual impact. They they just care about yelling about something that yeah, there's they're no, pissed off about. Right. There's no actual. Uh, you 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 look at you know the way that they uh, they did they had all the, all these Confederate statues were up when Barack Obama was president. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Yeah. They didn't just make them all yeah. once Donald Trump got inaugurated. They were all there, and no one cared about them. Um, really, when he was president, they didn't try to take them all down. Um, you know, there was obviously some conflict. There an ongoing. You know, a couple hundred year conflict, basically, of uh, the Civil War and the, and, the, and the how to remember that. We're at the point now where they're not going they to, t- they want to take the Confederate flag off the Dukes of Hazard reruns. Oh, it's like, I, you know, I, I don't. Like, I, well, like blur it or just never show the Robert E. Lee? I think that one of it was. Oh, by gosh, that's the name of the car. That's the name of the car. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Very offensive. The most racist, horrific show in the history <laughs> of the world. Uh, can we show the. Uh, Robert E. Lee comparison there, the Robert Lee, Robert E. Lee. Now, uh, maybe get a close-up of that because uh, there's something frightening here. It Really? Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see it. You just had that picture up. Can you not put it back up? Or... I'm not talking to the audience right now. There it is. There it is. Okay. So if you look at these two, you cannot tell the difference between them. No, you can tell the difference. Except for one has a microphone. That's the only difference between them. So I'm kind of leaning now toward ESPN because look at them. If you are, uh, look at them. If you are, right are not right uh, there. seeing it, yes, there is someone that has a microphone, and that one is the Confederate general. The Confederate general. He no, was, he did a lot of his surprisingly. Speeches. It's the other one. The other guy, the announcer, has the ESPN. You're kidding me. Flagged uh, microphone. Yeah, no, I'm not. So this yeah. this guy was the guy announcing the Virginia game. And no, the, this guy the one was the on guy the right who led the Confederate troops. <laughs> the one on on my right, I think your left is. Uh, no, it's everybody's right. <laughs> is Robert E. Lee, the <laughs> Confederate general. The other guy, yeah. an announcer at ESPN. It's incredible, guys. This is incredible. Uh, I, I and the same the name. Mm-hmm. We can't fault ESPN for this. No, look, everyone would have thought. <laughs> I, I had no, there's no difference. I feel, I, Unbelievable. So how do you feel for this guy today? I, this is a, I'm always interested about this. How does he feel today? Does he feel, hey, you know, he's now a notable guy, mm-hmm. right? Like, he certainly has a lot of attention, not for the th- reason maybe he wanted, but it's hard to break out of. You're a play-by-play guy in college. There's not a lot of people who are going to know necessarily who you are specifically. They're going to, they might like your announcer, your, your job as an announcer if, if you, they follow it closely. Like, mm-hmm. I certainly had my favorite announcers, but I couldn't name one college football announcer outside of the, maybe a couple on, on ESPN, um, just because I see them in the booth, or in the, uh, on the shows talking about it. Like, I don't follow it that closely, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily know. If you're a huge fan, you know, maybe you know. Maybe. Um, but, like, you know, there's a few in every sport that people know. Now they're going to know Robert Lee, right? He's going to be one of these yeah. guys. That's maybe it very turns notable. out to be good for him. I don't know. Exactly. Like, did you know who uh, the uh, Aaron Andrews was? 
um, before. I don't think I knew who Erin Andrews yes, was before the controversy. Yeah, because um, I saw her in a lot of games. She she's did a lot of games. Yeah, but she, certainly that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. Obviously, she would never choose this, and I'm not saying she was happy about this at all. But I mean, she is now notable for something outside of this, and there's a, a, an odd conflict there, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not that you'd never choose what happened. Certainly to Aaron Andrews, but more specifically to Lee, you, he would not choose to have this happen to him. But now right. there is a. A, a level of uh, not- notoriety that mm-hmm. I guess goes along and is beneficial in some way because I think now if Robert Lee, if I see Robert Lee is is broadcasting a game, I'm going to notice it and I'm going to be excited to hear what he says. Like I'm going to be at least for a while. I mean, if he's a good mm-hmm. announcer, I'm going to be kind of excited to hear him. Yeah, definitely, it helps his profile for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But listen, if you uh, have a name similar to a Confederate general and you're about to lose your job, uh, there's a way you can prepare for that <laughs> where you don't have to depend on other people or the government. And that's by ordering a food supply from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot uh, Supply has... Easy uh, to do. Very easy to do. And they've vowed to sell to people even if their name is Rob Lee. Wow. Mm-hmm. They will do it. Uh, that's, that's the type of people... Is that almost too open-minded? I think so. I think it is. I think so too. Uh, so you uh, you want to get 102 surviving uh, survival. Well, you're gonna get 100 surviving food, but serv- servings of survival food for only ninety nine dollars. Uh, my Patriot Supply is the place to get it. Now we talked a lot about really serious things. We have potential cyber attacks going on against the mm-hmm. United States military. You have obviously the situation that's going on with North Korea. You have uh, uh, an ugly situation going on in Afghanistan that they're trying to sort out. Mm-hmm. You never know when a terrorist attack could happen, when a war could break out, where really serious things could happen. 102 servings is going to knock out 99% of all eventualities that you need to be prepared for. And with yeah. delicious food from my Patriot Supply. Yeah, it's not that cardboard MRE stuff that you used to have to put up with if you, if you did something of this nature. Uh, it's delicious. Things like savory rice, ch- savory chicken rice and all kinds of uh, delicious breakfasts, lunch, lunches, and dinners. Uh, and it's less than a dollar per serving. Just call them. Just check this off your list, finally. Why not? 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. I feel like, uh, do you guys hear the Darth Vader music right now? Do you hear that? Because I believe the evil empire has entered our studio. Um, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I have to say that. Uh, Chad Hennings is here. Uh, three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, all of them hurt deeply to me. Uh, the, of course, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, welcome to the program. Stu, nice to be on. And, and I can say I, I know several psychologists. I know every Philly fan that I've ever talked to is in dire need of psychological help. So we can talk great, after the show yeah. if you wish. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, great. It's so true. It hurts so much. But... You know, uh, I can tell multiple stories. I, you know, just one quick story from my very first game at the old Veterans Stadium, walking out and they're briefing you, saying, "Make sure you walk out of the locker room with your helmet on." And you're like, "Well, why do we do that?" Well, you're going to be pelted by snowballs, by batteries, by icicles, whatever. Jeez. So it's. Did they really throw batteries? Well, in the snowballs, yeah. Well, they, you hear the stories of them. Uh, Pelting their own cheerleaders with ice balls, so it's it's a tough, yeah, and it's a tough bowling crowd. Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff. It's a tough yeah. crowd. Look, Fun. it's called real sports fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it's called. And uh, it's called douches. They're called douches. It's that too. It's that too. <laughs> uh, so Chad, you know, this is uh, we're getting close to the NFL season. We got to talk a little bit. We got a few bunch of stuff we want to talk to you about today. Let's start with the NFL. NFL, if we could. 
Um, you know, the Cowboys, uh, you know, they look great. They, everyone's talking about how good they're going to be. I, of course, am <clears throat> yelling at them every step of the way. What's the outlook? Yeah, I got out of that prognostication <laughs> business a long time ago. I'm, yeah. a, I'm always optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who'd have thought last year they'd have had the season that they did yeah. when you had the two rookies yeah. step up. But um, the pieces are in place to have a great season. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting out of training camp healthy. And uh, you saw what happened, Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. mm-hmm. you know, getting an ankle injury yesterday. But, you know, they're there. And I think the, the culture, which is a big thing in the locker room, is there. Coach Garrett has done a phenomenal job. You have strong leadership with Jason Witten. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Dak has really stepped up to be that role to fill the shoes of Tony Romo from a leader standpoint. I think, you know, I think they can go all the way. But then again, please don't, no, please don't. I'm going to hold back and, and I won't <laughs> Do you care that much? I mean, does the allegiance and the loyalty remain? Yeah, I mean, once a cowboy, always a cowboy. Yeah, I probably played for the Cowboys for nine years, and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a fan of what Jerry Jones has done to the league. You know, thus being inducted to the, you know, NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, for what just the business model and the practices and just what he's added to the game and and how he's taken the whole monetized the whole cowboy star where he's getting into multiple business interests. If you've ever been mm-hmm. to AT&T Stadium, you go up to their star complex, their practice facility, all Impressive. the businesses affiliated with that. He's pretty amazing. He's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> now you've been there, right, Stu, to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have been there. Hey, Eddie. <laughs> There. <laughs> Happy to take you around anytime you want. You know, personal behind-the-scenes tour. You so know, thank you so much. I'm you can see what a Lombardi that. trophy, several Lombardi trophies <laughs> look like. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you can maybe even touch one because it's probably not going to happen for a while. For twist that knife. This is hurtful. Twist this that is knife. Hurtful. Everyone kept uh, tweeting me the uh, photo of the eclipse and saying, "Even these come along uh, more often than Eagles <laughs> Super Bowls." So I do appreciate that. Uh, you, t- you mentioned leadership, though, and obviously a huge part of any successful franchise—not that I would know—would be leadership. Um, and you kind of, I, that's kind of one of the things you've kind of moved into now. You've really been talking to men about their lives, how they've uh, been able to uh, you know, improve their lives. And, and, and really, I, I, think, I think leadership is a big part of that, is it not? Oh, very much so. And that's, you know, for me personally, looking at the landscape of our culture and what we deal with, that, you know, men as, as husbands, as fathers, as leaders in the community have sometimes been emasculated or feminized to the point that we're not stepping into the roles that men have traditionally filled. And years ago, I read a book where it was from a gentleman named Dallas Willard called The Divine Conspiracy, where he had a subtitle quote. It says, you can't change character or behavior and leave your belief intact. And of that, I talked, it's about the aspect of identity, who we are as men. So that's where I've, I've done a lot of different things. I've written books. Um, to that regard, I, I've started a men's ministry in that regard. Anything that I can do f- utilizing my platform to motivate, to entice, to edify men to step up in that role, to be the husband, to be the father that, that in this country we need men to fill. It's really uh, so important because, um, y- you know, while th- this was always said to be a man's world, it's almost flipped around on its head now. And men have been reviled, uh, belittled, uh, made to feel like they're not significant or relevant even, and, and uh, kind of pushed to the background. Doesn't it? It feels that way, uh, oh, at least certainly. to me. And, and so what a great cause to, to help build that up, because if we don't fix that, 
uh, I think society's in for a really tough time. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's, it's become a zero-sum game with identity politics that for me to win, you have to lose. Mm-hmm. And the aspect of compromise, whether that be politically, whether that be you know, culturally, legally, it's, uh, we're headed for a, a precipice that hopefully we, we have to be able to right the ship sooner than later. Well, we're told that there's no difference between men and women, that they don't do different things, that they, they, they aren't mm. good at certain things. You know, do you believe that, you know, that that traditional role of the family, the nuclear family, mm. that belief that we've had kind of for a really long time, is that necessary in today's world? <laughs> I don't think I can, you can overstate that enough. <laughs> I think from every study that has ever been done from either a psychological or sociological platform, the keys to success of, of living a what we would all traditionally classify as a successful life is get a high school education, get your education, uh, don't have children out of wedlock, mm. and, and marry. Mm. And that are the stability uh, a foundation for any family or any cultural element or entity. Yeah, you really see that reflected in the, in the stats, too. I mean, it, everyone talks about this, you know, 50% divorce rate, which is a terribly scary sort of statistic. But when you add the elements you're talking about in, when you talk about don't have kids before uh, wedlock, um, have, you know, do things in the right order, go through an educational process, have a job. You knock those things out and the, the rate drops through the floor. It's, it's really not a problem with divorce in general. It's a problem with not doing the basic building blocks of a relationship. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, and, that. and you found that as well? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And, and I see that with, you know, particularly with millennials and, and, and young men and well, people coming up this next generation, Z, whatnot, that... Yeah. Yeah. From the sole aspect of cultural moral relativity that you define truth as how you want it to be based upon your own experience and perception that we've come to this aspect, um, just to quote another quote, uh, Jonathan Haidt wrote a book called uh, The Righteous Mind mm-hmm. where good people differ between politics and religion. We're I'm very sure familiar with familiar. it. Yes. Well yeah. aware of Jonathan Haidt. <laughs> but you know, when, when you look at that the sociologist that he quoted, Emile Durkheim, his study in there where he studied cultures and communities and where there wasn't a common moral foundation, two things, decrease in happiness and an increase in suicide. Mm. And mm. you just make that aspect correlation between millennials today, the number two cause of leading death, leading cause of death in millennials is suicide because they don't know who they are, they don't know who they're supposed to be. And that's one of the things yeah. why it motivates me as a man is to, to pull alongside a young man and say, you know, son, this is what it means to be a success in life. This is how you walk through that. This is the value system. This is the vision that you need to have for your life to be a success. And it's, you know, and if you can motivate, multiply myself, you guys, to go out and to just do that, just one guy, and then have that one young man, okay, now you go find your guy and pass on that, we can turn the ship very rapidly. In my opinion, I, I hope I, you know. I, I will say, I spend so much of my day here uh, in pessimism land, uh, where it feels like the news of the day just beats you down so much, and it never seems like anything can ever be done about anything. And I think maybe that's the right place to focus. Instead of worrying about trying to get certain people elected or worried about trying to, you know, turn around these massive things, if we just focus on ourselves, these small things in our own family, in our own lives, in our own circles, I, is that the way to improve it? You know, keep the main thing the main thing. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you, but a lot of times perception is not reality. And when you do go out and have conversations with individuals from multiple either backgrounds, race, mm-hmm. economic status, 
they all want the same things. They want you know, their family, they want their kids to get educated, you know, t take care of, they want jobs. They want you know, the basic necessities of life. Yeah. And um, it's not what the media is pushing. So where should people go to get the, uh, the books? You can go to my website, chadhennings.com, or you can go, the, the last book I wrote was called Forces of Character, mm. where I just had conversations with um, 10 people that impacted my life on their character journeys. Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman, Jason Garrett. Uh, Any Eagles? Greg Popovich. Well, I'll, I'll work on that for you. But I, Greg you, Popovich, that's an interesting one. Well, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Oh, wow. I did a survivor of Auschwitz, an international human rights attorney from communist Romania. Wow. Uh, astronaut, CEO for National Center on Fathering, and a homelessness expert, Bob Sweeney from Dallas Life here. And just, what's her character journey? Because I wanted to show that, that character identity was ubiquitous. It's a choice. And... Um, mm. That's a really interesting. So what, what, what made you think of that? That's a really interesting. Again, that, that one quote: "You can't change character, behavior, yeah. and belief. Leave your belief intact. Your identity." So mm. if, I just wanted to show that character is a choice. How you, your identity is a choice. You don't have to f succumb to what your circumstances may be. You can rise above that, and that's why I wanted to highlight a broad spectrum of individuals: black, white, male, female. You know, some of those living in a totalitarian regime, somebody that survived Auschwitz versus somebody that's, you know, made a lot of money playing professional athletics. It's mm. a choice. Mm. Yeah. Well, imagine the character you need to get through 41 years as an Eagles fan. I mean, that's <laughs> real character. That's how you build character, folks. Uh, the book Forces of Character. Forces of Character. Uh, def definitely a really great idea and a cool read. Uh, Chad Hennings, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks. Wow. Really cool. Uh, you know, the fact is, your current phone carrier probably doing a lot of stuff you don't like behind your back. Mm. Uh, they don't ask you, hey, is it okay if we donate to liberal causes like Planned Parenthood? No. In fact, there's one phone carrier that has donated over $83 million to organizations like Planned Parenthood, NAACP, Stand Up to Oil, and Democracy Now. Stand Up to Oil. <laughs> oh, jeez. Luckily, you have Patriot you don't Mobile. don't like Stand Up to no, Oil? They're not going to stand up to oil. Oh, Patriot wow. Mobile will let you uh, donate to causes of people so who, I don't know, want to get more oil so that we can have lower prices for our energy and we can stay warm. What a mm -hmm. crazy idea. They also offer nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data with the great prices. We have uh, Patriot Mobile, Pat and I both do. The, the service is awesome. It's as good as you're going to get from any other company. Uh, and it's, uh, they're going to get 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. So go to Patriot Mobile right now. Get this done, too. Uh, Pat and Stu. It's patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu. Mm -hmm. Patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu. And take advantage of the back-to-school special. You get unlimited talk, text, and data along with a free Samsung or iPhone, all for a flat fee of 55 bucks a month. Got to use the promo code back to school. They're going to waive the activation fee for you as well. It's at patriotmobile.com slash patentstew. Patriotmobile.com slash patentstew or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. University One. Hello, uh, Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, Chad Hennings was talking about kind of how, uh, you know, you got to get together with people even if they kind of disagree with them. Mm. Um, you really can talk to them. I mean, I've found that certainly in my life. You know, I, we get, I get beat down by, this, by the news stuff a lot. But, you, know, you talk to people and they might have different backgrounds. Sometimes they're annoying. But, I mean, I find Jeffy incredibly annoying. And he's been working in the same industry I have for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, he's been staining the industry with his presence for, for what, a 500 years? I, I don't even know how long, a really long time, a lot longer than mm -hmm. any of us have been alive. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, so 
I just feel him looking at me over there. Um, but uh, the, Heineken... Trying to figure out where you're going to end up. <laughs> Heineken tried to do this uh, commercial where oh, they yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. tried to illustrate this yes. process um, with real people, supposedly. And, of course, there's a, somewhat of an agenda here, uh, as you would expect, but watch their efforts. Feminism today is definitely an excuse for misandry, man-hating. If somebody said to me that climate change yeah. is destroying the world, then I'd say that is total piffle. So transgender, it is very odd. We're not set up to understand or see things like that. I am a daughter, a wife. I am transgender. I feel like the battle for feminism definitely isn't done. The fight is never going to be over, if I'm honest with you. You now have a choice. You may go, or you can stay and discuss your differences over a beer. I'm only joking. <laughs> well, I'm having a drink. I'm having a drink. Yeah. I want to discuss. Beer. Yeah, beer and discuss. Oh, uh, Heineken saving the world. They, well, first of all, yes. No wonder. We know beer is saving the world. It's oh, such ice a cold, healthy. Ice uh, cold Heineken every now and then, pretty uh, good. What you kind of missed on the uh, on the intro of that was that they they had them come out and talk and do things before this. Right. So like they kind of had a kind of like they became friendly. Is this the one where they had to put together a desk or a chair or yeah. something? One of them. There's been a couple that they put out, and I, I don't recall which one this one was. But at this yeah. at one point, they're putting this together couple a chair would or put together yeah. something. Yeah, so they had to work together. They worked together. They you know had a beer or whatever. They hung out. They talked, and then they revealed that they were at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <gasps> you put a chair doing. together with a transgender. <laughs> yes, that's kind of what they did. I mean, like the guy. The guy who, one of them was a climate activist, the other guy was like a quote-unquote climate denier, of course, as they would yes. say. Uh, one mm -hmm. guy was yeah. anti-transgender, mm -hmm. the other, the, the woman was transgender. They had a couple of other examples, like one was like um, a feminist, and one was a guy who thought feminism was, was stupid. And they kind of went through the whole thing, and then at the end, of course, they all get together over a beer, yeah. which is your lesson. But I, I actually think, generally speaking, that stuff is true. Absolutely. You know, you... It's harder to talk to someone when you know they they have a visceral disagreement with you, but generally speaking, you talk to people on an everyday basis. I, you know, they're just people. Most of them are just boring. That's their biggest problem, uh, more than anything else. I mean, it's it's not really this thing where you're uh, these big fights happen. It's just a lot of them are just boring. You find that to be true? I do. Okay, I do. Triple eight seven two seven back. There's more <laughs> boring stuff going. <laughs> well, we're gonna bore them, but a hell out of people. All right, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is our phone number. Uh, with us are Bill and Danielle Ford of Storm Warriors, uh, really cool organization. Um, and you know, we see a lot of the kind of crazy footage. As Jeffy brings up, his favorite movie of all time is Twister, or at least one of them. Um, favorite documentary, you mean? Documentary. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. We always got to call it the documentary uh, Twister. Um, but we see a lot of that kind of crazy footage, certainly now yeah. with YouTube and all this other stuff, where these tornadoes right. are coming down on these communities, and right. and you know you see the terrible destruction afterwards. You know, there's a lot of people now that chase these storms. To me, this sounds like an incredibly terrible idea, but you guys are kind of involved in that. We are, you know, and we don't want to touch them. We're not out there to, to get that close, even though sometimes we're that close. <laughs> 
our objective is really there for the people. So we're not there for the video, we're not there for the pictures, we're there for the people. What that really means is that if we can help communities by warning them first, giving them advance notice of the storms, what the storm's doing, where it's going, and get that information out to the media, National Weather Service and so on, uh, we can save a lot of lives. And then the second part of our mission really is to help assist in the event that there is a disaster. Our team is uh, trained. We carry a lot of equipment to uh, deploy and to help people in their greatest time of need. When those storms come through and families are devastated, um, they need help. Many of them need it immediately. And so we're there. So we want to mm. be there when that happens. And then the third part of our mission really is to help these families be completely restored. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, Danielle, you see these, the footage of these crazy storms and all these terrible things that happen, and then kind of everyone just turns, tunes it out. They, they move on to the next, so the next news story, the next thing that's going on. You guys really are focusing on coming in even afterwards and, and help rebuild and helping these people get through these terrible moments. Well, once the storm hits, their storm is just beginning. Mm -hmm. And so we stop. We don't track the storm any farther when we see that people need help. That's when we do the assist and the restore because we want to help those families not get back to where they were before the storm, but to get back to an even better place. And our message of hope can help them get there. Mm -hmm. So have you guys ever been... Have you ever been caught in like the immediate vicinity of the of the tornado? Yeah, so every storm has its own personality. But we've never <laughs> tied ourselves to a pipe in the barn. Really? To, yeah, to protect ourselves. Sorry, it just doesn't happen. That <laughs> Have you way. ever seen a cow <laughs> twirling around the funnel cloud? Have you ever seen that? Have not seen that. No. Uh, There's okay. been a tank battery right. or two we've seen flapping. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> that's why they weren't in the documentary. <laughs> exactly right. And what's the strongest that you, you've encountered uh, personally? Well, the, the, the biggest storm, probably the most dangerous storm that we've been in was the El Reno, Oklahoma tornado. Uh, which, which was the biggest storm there's ever been. Yeah, biggest, oh, wow, biggest really? tornado ever. So that was an F5? Uh, 2.6 miles wide. Oh, uh, it was an EF5 at one point. Uh, but had many satellite tornadoes that spun off of that, which actually killed three storm chasers that day. We were wow. we were actually a mile to the north where these guys got killed. The storm grew so big, so rapidly, so fast, it was really hard to get out of its way. Oh, wow. 2.6 miles. That's that amazing. Because, you know, one of the really, it's such a unique phenomenon, the, the tornado, in that you see the footage afterwards where one side of the street is completely wiped out and the people across the street seem to have no damage at all to their mm -hmm. homes. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a, a it's got to be an interesting example of communities coming together because I mean, there are people in the community that don't have to do anything to their house and they can come and actually help. I mean, it is a kind of a in a terrible way, a, a, a good way to show kind of how communities can come together. Yeah. Yeah, we believe that the, the, the best responder, the first responder needs to be the community because they're already there. So we want to help train up communities. And then in that part where the disaster happens, community comes together. It's an amazing event to be a part of that, to watch communities. Uh, for example, up in uh, Emory, Texas, the Canton tornadoes that went through. Uh, we were up in Emory, uh, Texas, helping these families through the process of restoration, the whole community came together. It was an amazing event. We did um, a celebration of the community. And this is what happens with a storm. A storm comes, people's lives are changed, people come together. It's an amazing outpouring of the heart in these communities. And that's the part that we love the most, is bringing the communities together. That's great. So uh, where do we see some of your cool footage? Do we get, is there, do we get to see some of this or what? Well, you can go to our Facebook page, StormWarriors.tv, okay. mm -hmm. and there's a lot of little bits and pieces there, or our website, StormWarriors.tv. We have some sizzle 
videos on there and you can also watch us when we are actually tracking a storm we do live streaming and so you can see oh, wow. where we're going and what we're, we're showing some of the local news media that Very is cool. really happening on the ground and of course the inside commentary can even be a little entertaining when we get a little too close to a storm. We look at the anemometer and it says 126 mile an hour crosswind when we're going 40 miles an hour. Yeah. So who's the it's one that scary. who's the one that's going to get to you in the in the most danger? Who's who's the guilty party? He's the driver. So he ultimately <laughs> yeah, so holds our lives in his hands. Mm -hmm. But our daughter is the navigator. So he depends mm -hmm. on her to know which way the storm's coming in and which way we need to be going in order to stay on the right side of the storm because our job is to be at the right place at the wrong time and Corey's job our daughter is to get us there and get us there safely well we all wow. consider ourselves indoorsy um, so uh, we will not be doing that with you, but we're glad somebody is. Uh, Storm Warriors is the organization. Go to their Facebook page, check it out. If they can get involved, is that a good place to go to help out? And, Absolutely. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Okay, great. Stormwarriors.tv.tv. Storm TV. Yeah. TV. Very okay. cool. Check it out. All right. uh, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. All right, uh, back with more in uh, just a second. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you about uh, one of my favorite things, as you know. I am. Uh, uh, I, I said indoorsy. I would also um, add to that... Um, Lazy, just throw that mm -hmm. on top. Um, and so, you know, the energy thing for me particularly is not, uh, it's not always easy. A lot of times uh, you get through that, the day, the, the energy of the show wears off and then I've got, you got the meetings, you got the, the paperwork and all the other nonsense that we have to do here. Uh, you know, you need something with a little bit of a pick-me-up. Uh, Dawn to Dusk is what I use. Dawn to Dusk from Brickhouse Nutrition. It's a physician-formulated extended-release energy supplement. It lasts up to 10 hours, and it increases your energy, improves your mood, and stimulates your brain, all with no jitters. Nobody wants the jitters. Uh, you go through a day where you're drinking coffee after coffee after coffee or energy drinks or whatever it is that you're doing. Don't waste the money on that. You're not going to crash anyway afterwards. You're going on something that's going to give you a boost and increase your focus. This is for you. You get 15% off a one-month supply with the offer code STU at checkout when you go to BrickHouseStew.com. It's BrickHouseStew.com. Check it out. BrickHouseStew.com. We have a couple of stories that we have to get through today. Um, first of all, Amy Schumer. Uh, the oh, median, um, you know, and I like again. I'm a defender of her old work, uh, but she is she has turned herself into like it's impossible to even focus on her comedy because all she is is an activist at this point. Um, and uh, so what's interesting though is she did a special for Netflix and was getting paid eleven million dollars for the special. Look at that. $11 million for the special. Uh, for an hour, we're, and now, now look, there's a lot of work that goes into a comedy special. I'm not saying it's just an hour, but $11 million, an hour of actual on, on screen time is a hell of a good rate, you'd think. Not to Amy, because after she did the special, she found out that Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock had also signed deals with Netflix for $20 million. Now, these are people with way longer track records mm -hmm. of success than Amy Schumer, mm -hmm. who's had about two years, really. I mean, that's about it. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Um, where Chappelle has been going, I mean, and Chris Rock since the, for, he was in New Jack City in like 1990. And the guy's been around forever. Um, and uh, so she, they got $20 million per movie, or per special. Amy Schumer went back to Netflix and said, you're paying them more than me. I demand more money. After it was done, after the deal was signed, 
and Netflix caved and gave did. her money. Of course oh they did. Gosh. Of course they did. Are you kidding me? <laughs> because it's easier for gosh. them to pay her more money than to have her out running her mouth everywhere. That is unbelievable. Why would you ever want to do business with somebody who did that, though? Well, you never would again, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I mean, I would, and certain, by the way, I, I watched the Amy Schumer special, not her best work. Uh, not her best work. I uh, can't imagine she has any best she work. She does. That's the I problem. I just can't imagine. She used to. She did. So Back heinous, in the day, like, she was... I can't yeah. even relate to her at all. It, it, you're, you're right. It's impossible to take her at anything other than just crazy mm-hmm. Hollywood activist at this point. Yep. And it's sad because she really is talented, or at least was. I don't, I don't know what's happened. I, I, listen to her from... You know, six, seven, eight years ago, she used to do the Opie and Anthony show back when that was on the air. And I remember listening to her on there. She was unreal how funny she was. And I don't know what has happened to her. I, I guess this is what happens when you become famous and you're a liberal and you're, and you're related to Chuck Schumer. This is just part of the deal. But, I mean, it's sad. It's sad. Um, th- this is also sad, Pat. I don't know. For some reason, I keep thinking of you in this story because <laughs> I think this would piss you off so <laughs> much. You would be Mm -hmm. so annoyed at this. Look at this picture of someone thought this was appropriate to do on a plane. Now, can you imagine being on a plane and looking to your right and left and seeing a photo like the one we're about to show you? Now, these are in between the seats. Yeah, between the seats. Oh, my gosh. Bare feet. Yep. Stick out. (laughs) You're surrounded by bare feet. I've seen I've seen people do it with uh, socks, not bare feet, though. On the chair, though, like because I I don't think it's necessarily terrible if you don't have stinky feet to to remove your shoes in your own area. Like, is somebody sitting in either of these seats? Yeah, you can see his arm is the same arm. That's two sides. She's straddling his seat. Uh, completely unacceptable. Completely yes. unacceptable. Yes. I'd go out of my mind. What would you do in that spot? Break her feet. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that was not where I expected you to go. I was thinking like uh, tickle with a feather would be a good. Uh, uh, I mean, break your feet would teach her. You'd yeah, it would. Scalding hot coffee is yeah. another solution. Oops. That's another solution. Um, uh-huh. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I didn't spilled. know your feet were there. Oh, oh. Why would I think they were there? Yeah, because there would be no reason for this them to be there. This is my seat, not yours. A, and we're in a, a flight where we're sharing space. That is unbelievable. Really I, is. I would expect that out of Jeffy. Oh, I take my yeah. shoes off. I, you know, I don't stick them in between the seats. First of all, my feet don't go in between the seats like that. That's <laughs> oh, they do not. True. They do not. Uh, let's leave you with something positive here, mm. by the way. Uh, this is the Venezuelan Little League World Series thing we told you about yesterday. Do we have the video? Can we play it? Um, go ahead and roll it. Uh, oh, this is where the kid... Oh, yeah, geez. Jeffy doesn't like this moment as, as much as, as everyone else on Earth. But he's very upset that he, you know, and gave he, up the winning run. And he should be. I mean, it's, he blew it. And we... Missed the part where he falls flat on his face and yeah. is sobbing. Uh, but he's very disturbed, obviously. Uh, oh, look at that. Oh. Isn't that cool? Oh, there it is. Okay. Get your butt up. There it is. So the coach gets him up. I mean, the kid is just despondent. Oh, my God. There's some of his teammates, and then there's the other team. I mean, that is really cool. That is cool. That's really a nice moment. I love, Those are good kids. I love Jeffy in these moments. Because he can't let you have happiness. I know. He can't let you have happiness. He can't. He can't let you have happiness. And then people wonder. Why are you so mean to Jeffy? Because he's awful. Right he's the worst person alive. Why, are, what's your problem with the video? Are you kidding me? Get no, up. what? Yeah, I'm sorry. You lost the game, you little brat. The kid's Get 12. Up. He's 12. We're out of time, unfortunately, oh. for Jeffy's commentary. It's a World Series, and he's 12.